Before we start this episode, NCNPR wants to remember and honor the lives lost to the COVID-19 pandemic and thank the first responders and healthcare workers and others who have helped us during this crisis. Thank you. Welcome to Pure and Simple, a podcast from NCMPR that spotlights community college marketing and PR professionals. Hear from NCMPR members as they share their personal and professional experiences and tell stories from the field. More than a year ago, colleges throughout the country were scrambling, trying to figure out the best ways to continue to serve their students, all while keeping their campus community safe from COVID-19. They leaned on existing crisis communications plans, or maybe they threw it all out and started from scratch. They extended spring breaks, online course options, and their wits to achieve something they'd never done before. Today, some colleges have been on campus again for months. Some are still mostly or entirely off campus, and some still don't have a return date in sight. I'm your host, Jeff Julian. Chief of Staff at Harper College in Palatine, Illinois, and to kick off this second season of the NCMPR Pure and Simple podcast, I'm chatting with three community college marketing professionals from across the country to see how they're doing. My guests are Greg Harris, the Marketing and Communications Director from Portland Community College in Oregon, Lisa Broski, the Community Relations Vice Chancellor at Pima Community College in Arizona, and Shannon Rooney, the Marketing and Communications Vice President and Interim Vice President for Enrollment Management at the Community College of Philadelphia. Well, thank you all for joining me today and being a part of the Peer and Simple podcast. I really appreciate it. And what an interesting topic to talk about and reflect on since it's been almost a year since uh, most of us have really, um, uh, you know, come to terms with and been dealing with and, and, and working in this COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic environment. So it's, it's a great time to, to pause and reflect. And Greg, I, I, I think I, w- I want to start with you and just ask you, you know, how are you doing? Uh, I mean, I, I, I understand that, uh, you, you've been trying to keep the marketing department together at your college with some, some Zoom, chats about non-work stuff, but how, how are things going with, with you and with your team? You know, with the marketing team, we're able to do almost everything we could do um, when we were able to be in, 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 in physical uh, connection with each other. We're still operating under remote conditions here at Portland Community College. The only real challenge we have is um, organizing photo shoots, um, getting students into situations where we can make pictures of them. That's that is really, really hard to do under these circumstances. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Lisa, how about you? How are you doing? How is your team doing? And I, I, I get the sense uh, from from some of the, the, the pre-research we did that you started out hating working from home, then you liked it, now you're back to hating it again. Right. That sounds exactly right. Yeah, we're pretty much in the same situation. We're still remote. and But the good news is, from a marketing standpoint and even on the creative side of the house, you know, we've been functioning pretty well, all things considered. And I agree, the photo shoots are challenging. We stood up a new website just prior to the pandemic and trying to feed new art onto that has been difficult at best. And um, I think I think the hating part comes in as I, I really miss the spontaneity. So, you know, ideas come in or we want to brainstorm on something, opportunities and you know, normally we just walk down the hall and talk to each other, and now it's a meeting. Uh, so that that's the part that um, I think I think we're missing a lot of creativity in that. Mm. 
at the same time, um, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to later, we have found some really creative opportunities to communicate with our students and others. So that's been the, the good part of it. Absolutely. And then last but not least, Shannon, how are you doing? And I understand that congratulations are in order because you did defend your doctoral dissertation during the pandemic. So that's that's quite an accomplishment, although I'm sure it, it felt anticlimactic to, to have that take place. <laughs> It was it was pretty wild. It was very strange time to have to be putting finishing touches on a dissertation and doing revisions and then actually defending. Um, I am very lucky that I had a very supportive team who some of them actually turned up for my virtual defense and that was really lovely. Um, you know, I think just like everybody else, we're coping because we don't have another good alternative, right? So I think, as everyone else has already said, missing the opportunity to be spontaneous, having to schedule conversations that are going to be purely social, it feels so stilted in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Like everyone else, I think we're trying to make the best of it. I would agree that photo shoots are, are really tricky, though we have a really intrepid photographer who has gone and done a few solo shoots um, in a socially distanced, mm-hmm. safe kind of way. Right. Um, but we've we've kind of pivoted to spending more time. This means that our photographer is spending time editing some videos that have been long-term projects and even doing some animation. So, you know, trying to do what we can, where we can. Great. So I, I want to go back to you, Lisa, and can you set the stage for us? Are you still fully remote or, or what's online and, and, and what's not? And then how are your faculty and, and, and students coping uh, with, with this as, as, as you enter that, you know, the second year of the pandemic? Yeah, sure. Great, great question. We, we are still mostly online and virtual. We do have some hybrid classes, uh, those hands-on classes, nursing, automotive technology, things that, that uh, prefer they touch what they're doing, um, are still meeting for those labs. We are working toward being more fully back on campus in the fall. And mm-hmm. I think everybody's just really ready for that moment. You know, it was one of those things where everybody jumped in, they made it happen, they got creative, they found a way, and now they're just tired of it. Right. And and so from a um, staff perspective, you know, I think you realize how much easier life is when you get to talk to each other and, mm-hmm. and you know, miss that interaction again. And I know our su- students are certainly missing that. We have a, Pima has a dedicated online platform that attracts a lot of students. Um, it, it works well for them, but a lot of our students are struggling with these virtual environments, which is our synchronous classroom opportunities. Right. And, you know, I know they're really struggling with that right now. And I, you know, our faculty have been wonderfully creative, but it's, it doesn't make it any less easy or any less difficult. And so I know our students every day are asking, when are we going to be back? When are we going to be back? Yeah. I think we're all looking forward to that moment. Yeah. And I think your point's well taken too, that it was easy to get geared up at the beginning, right? In terms of, yeah, we, this is what we've got to do and we've got to pivot to remote and we've got to keep everybody safe. And then, you know, it, I think initially some folks thought, hey, we'll be back in a couple of weeks or maybe a few months. Yes. And then as things continue on and on and on, that's when the, 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 the malaise sort of sets in, yeah, right? And you're yeah, just like, when will this be over? Fatigue. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, it was. It was that, you know, we're all in this together. And, you know, some of the best work was coming out of this moment. And now it's just, as it goes on and on and on, we're losing, we, we've lost the enthusiasm. Now we're just you know, ready to, to have that sense of normal again. 
Absolutely. Shannon, how about at your college? What's the sort of state of the state of your college? How much is remote versus uh, versus in, in person? And how are your staff and faculty and students doing? So I think similar to other institutions right now, we are primarily remote as well. And we're really hopeful that that might begin to ease up in fall. And we're hoping that we'll be able to implement at least some hybrid courses by, if not the second summer term, then Mm -hmm. by fall. But right now, the only classes that are meeting um, on campus at all are the ones kind of that have to be on campus for lab related reasons, things okay. like that. Um, in terms of how folks are coping, I would say, you know, our institution is a designated minority serving institution and okay. it has been very well documented that the pandemic has had an outsized effect on black and brown right. people. And so right. we know that that is leading to um, all kinds of issues in our students' lives. Mm-hmm. So as an institution, I would say um, we pivoted as well and as quickly as we could. And our faculty really did a tremendous job, as did our, our administrators, to make that pivot, especially on a dime last March. Um, as time has gone on, I think we have turned toward kind of checking in with our students mm-hmm. on an almost continual basis um, and and adding programming in for them that we wouldn't necessarily do as much or at all during the year in terms of um, wellness and creating spaces to talk about right. everything that's going on in their lives right now. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up about uh, basic needs and, and technology and broadband, because certainly the those issues were there prior to the pandemic, and now the they've 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 exa- they've all been exacerbated by that and affected our most um, uh, the the students most in need and and so that that's really been something that I think colleges have had to focus on. And then of course you look at the marketing and communications professionals at your institutions. You've got to get the message out about those supports and 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 then keep students in, engaged and, and have access to that. Um, Greg, I, I want to turn to you, state of the state at your college, what's remote, um, what, what's back in person, and, and how are your students and, and staff coping? We're still completely remote. You know, Portland Community College is uh, relatively large, and we operate in four different um, counties of the Portland metropolitan area, which means four different you know, county public health organizations. And so it's been very, very complicated to try to negotiate, you know, um, approvals um, for um, large gatherings. So we've uh, chosen to stay completely remote and and, and following um, now the governor's guidelines about how to resume operations. Mm -hmm. What we intend to do uh, is come spring term, resume in-person instruction for about a dozen um, healthcare disciplines Okay. Been identified as, as necessary for, uh, for for these times, so um, that's the plan. We we developed sort of a a staging kind of process in order to coordinate, you know, the nitty gritty stuff of class schedules and things. So right now we're forecasting we'll be able to do that, and um, class schedule is being inputted, and then we'll revisit that decision um, shortly before the term starts to confirm yes it's a go or not. Right. And then we have a series of schedules throughout the year to make similar decisions where we do summer term, where we do fall term. So it's kind of a rolling process for us um, as we track, you know, the pandemic course and, and the governor makes different decisions. How we are, you know, it, it's a grind. I, I right. really concur with, with folks who said it was there was a 
you know, we're all in this together spirit for a while and some incredible work was done, some real heavy lifting. Now the day in and day out is proving to be uh, really, really challenging, especially for extroverts, right? Like mm-hmm. some, of my int- some of my introvert colleagues are saying, they've never had it better. Right. <laughs> but for those of us who get energy from being in contact with people, um, it's, it's exhausting to try to, to get in the saddle and, and do the work. Yeah. At, at my college, we talk a lot about, as I'm sure you do, those hallway meetings, uh, those um, walk and talks back to your office, the, the, the quick pop-ins. It's, it's, the, it's the social lubricant, right, that keeps the machine going. And, and those are the things that are so hard to recreate in a virtual environment. So at least, at least it seems like for, for, for higher education. So, uh, Lisa, I, I want to shift back to you and, and ask you about your in, enrollment and, and how, how is that going and, and what are you doing from a marketing and PR standpoint to make sure that your message is heard by students? Yeah, great question. So uh, our enrollment is down rather significantly. It was down in the fall and again in the spring. Uh, you know, we we had, did see a significant uptick in our Pima online enrollment, which was really great to see. But in okay. our virtual classes, it's it's really uh, suffering. Um, you know, we're still working on getting the word out. We did. We were able to do a really robust campaign for our Pima online, and I think that helped with some of the enrollment. But I also think it's because people like the asynchronous platform. You know, it's dedicated. It's meant to do that. Um, and I, you know, I think that um, we really tried to. We worked with the faculty. They developed a lot of wonderful videos for us to show us what a virtual class was like mm-hmm. to really try to engage students and show them that, you know, math over a laptop is not as scary as, as you might think it is. Right. Um, but I'm not sure our students believed us. Um, so <laughs> yeah. um, enough did, which is great. You know, we had a lot who, who jumped in. They had the courage. They were ready. They were going to stick with it no matter what. And um, that's really good to see. Um, so, we, you know, we, we've continued our um I'm not sure we really marketed any different other than really trying to reassure students uh, that they, that they could make it, you know, we, and we did help supply a lot of technology. We were able to purchase a a lot more laptops and hotspots and we identified hotspots throughout the city that would welcome our students, you know, sitting in the parking lots. And, um, and I think that helped as well. So we did a lot of communication around that. And then we really got creative too, with uh, the way we were able to respond to student needs. We, um, we, are, we have a queuing system and students can actually uh, call and uh, be able to speak to a counselor or an advisor the same day. They get a call back right. that day. And so that kind of messaging was really critical mm-hmm. to helping our students through this through this process. That's great. Uh, Shannon, how about you and your team? How, how are the en- enrollments at, at your college and what are you doing from the marketing and PR standpoint to get the word out to students? Sure. We have a couple of really intersectingly interesting things happening in terms of marketing um, and enrollment communications. So in terms of where we are right now, we are also down. We were down in the fall around where we thought we would be. We're Mm -hmm. dipping a little bit more than we hoped in the spring, but we're hoping to make up for that as we move through our um, 10 and seven week terms. Um, What I will say in terms of 
we, how we're working to get the the word out. Um, a couple things. One, our president has very recently combined the divisions of enrollment management and marketing and communications. Okay. So we're able to build some bridges that didn't directly exist in the past. So um, that's giving us a nice opportunity to kind of rethink the way we communicate with students throughout the enrollment funnel. Okay. Um, on the other end of things, what kind of happened not on purpose was the mayor of Philadelphia has been working with the college for a long time to establish something called the Octavius Caddo Scholarship. Um, that is a last dollar scholarship, but it also includes additional supports for basic needs, including okay. books and food right. and transportation. Um so we wound up launching that in the spring, which was in some ways not the best time to launch it because enrollment was down and this is really a tremendous opportunity for students in Philadelphia. At the same time, this, you know, what better time to extend something to help students um, improve their lives and especially when it comes to moving out of systemic poverty, how to how to get out of that. Right. So um, the spring, we did a big blitz about the Caddo Scholarship, and we're lucky to have a lot of support in that way. So we were able to get the message out about it. Um, just wasn't on the schedule that we had originally considered. Okay. Greg, how about at your institution? How's enrollment? And what efforts are you making to make sure that uh, your message is heard by students? We're down about 20%. And... Um, we're being very aggressive in, in our marketing. We're, we're focused on um, this year's high school seniors and then young adults who might be looking for um, a new career. Uh, we find, you know, digital um, marketing be really effective, and we're doing a lot of that. We're doing a lot of uh, search engine marketing for people looking for classes, instruction, certificates. And, you know, and we're doing old-school direct mail, too. Uh, we, we figure a lot of people mm. are home, yeah. and so they probably would welcome the mail now more than ever. And so we're right. We're sending we're sending just mailers to um, households of high school uh, uh, seniors um, to get the word to them about PCC. The other thing we did is we've really enhanced our CRM, you know, our our, our system for cultivating prospects. We figured we better be okay. more robust with the inquiries that do come our way to perhaps improve the the yield of enrollment from those inquiries at a time when there's just you know so many cards stacked against us in terms of enrollment. So that's the other priority that we've implemented. Excellent. So, you know, thinking about this time period as, you know, this this full year now or, you know, a couple months give or take, as you look back on your communication, you know, there's there, there was both I don't want to say both types, but there was certainly a moment where it was all about crisis communications, right? And then you sort of settle into whatever can be called routine in in this uh, in environment. So w what did you learn about your teams and your processes as you look through both of those lenses of crisis and 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 the routine? And, and Greg, let's start with you this time. Well, you know, there was, there was sort of two flavors to the crisis for us. There was the flavor sort of in early to mid-March when the crisis was – how come you guys haven't shut down? I, I could die by going to your class. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then we did decide to shut down. And then the crisis became, how could you interrupt my education right. um, you know, in a situation like this? So it was a double whammy. Um, what I learned about this organization that was a really wonderful surprise to me is I, I had this model of, of Portland Community College being a pretty behemoth, you know, slow moving kind of organization. And we were actually incredibly nimble. 
mm-hmm. without responses to this. And that's been something that I think has really kind of changed our self-concept of our organization. That, mm-hmm. that old thing about, oh, well, you can't turn this tanker around on a dime. Well, right. actually, we can. And so we're kind of leveraging that experience now into being more um, aggressive about other innovations and, 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 and other projects like strategic planning and, and reorganization, things that we thought we could never really wrap our heads around. We now believe that we can because we saw it in this crisis response. Right. Lisa, how about for, for, for you as you look back and think about your team and your processes as you think about the crisis communications lens and then just your routine work what uh, what what reflections do you have on that you're right I have to I have to agree with the same thing it's it yeah you know, we did have a couple of different uh, stages of of this crisis and you know one of the challenges that we had at the beginning of this is that we you know, we all anticipated that a shutdown was coming and we began to plan for it we had our communications all planned out we knew exactly how we were going to do it. And then we had a timeline from the day the decision was made, um, which was going to allow us to roll out all this mm-hmm. communication. Well, then we had a situation where we had one of our nursing students had, uh, we found out had had an exposure to a COVID patient. And, you know, this was early in, in the pandemic when we didn't know a lot. And so out of an abundance of caution, we decided to shut down <laughs> immediately. So all those grand plans to roll out all these communications just didn't happen. And so we played a mm. little bit of catch up the first few days. Um, but, uh, but, it, but it worked. You know, the nice part is that we had a lot of that in our back pocket. We had to modify it a bit, but we got it out there and, and it began rolling pretty effectively. And, you know, one of the things that we did, which um, at, at the time I thought it was rather arduous and, and now I'm really grateful that we did it, from um, in communicating to our faculty and staff and, and to our students is that for about six weeks, we were doing daily communications from the chancellor, which you know still sounds wow. like a lot, yeah. but it was one of those things that just made people feel connected. And sure. you know, the, 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 the boss was there. He understood what they were going through. Um, he, he, he was going to be there for them. And then same thing. And then students, you know, we also provided those reassuring messages, but we were also providing them practical tools. Here's where, how, where you can get a computer. Here's where you can get Wi-Fi, yeah. um, that, that kind of assistance that they needed. And that ended up proving to be a really good thing to do. It wasn't planned. We just did it. And, and in the end, it proved to be the right thing to do. Absolutely. Shannon, how about for, for your institution and your team? What did you learn about your processes, both from a crisis and even, even routine communication standpoint? Yeah, I would echo a lot of what Greg and Lisa has said in terms of this. We had this institutional belief, like Greg was saying, that, you know, we couldn't possibly do these things online. Mm-hmm. We couldn't possibly pivot this quickly. And then all of a sudden we had to. Um what I would say in terms of what we learned, um, one of the things that our team had been trying to chip away at, and I think the institution had been trying to chip away at, is this idea that we had a lot of really siloed teams and departments around the college. Right. And as soon as we went into lockdown, it was like, there's no way that could continue in, mm-hmm. in terms of us being able to to communicate well with our students, our staff, or faculty. Um, so we implemented, um, we weren't quite doing daily talks with the president for six weeks, which I find so impressive. Um, but we did implement some things to kind of try to continue a sense of community for our folks at home. Right. Um, we implemented a weekly newsletter called Community Starts Here, which is a little bit 
wacky, but also really good, hard information in terms of what the college is doing sure. for um, COVID safety, but also includes like, hey, here's a really fun walk around the Philadelphia Museum of Art so that you can look at something other than Zoom for a minute. Right. Um, we also started as an institution hosting monthly town halls with the president, uh, which is a new thing for us. And it's been a really good opportunity for folks to not only hear firsthand from our president what his vision is for this period of time and moving forward, it also gives them an opportunity to ask questions. And they have ranged from everything from what are what's our policy going to be around right. the vaccine to, um, you know, are we going to extend spring break, that kind yeah. of stuff. So, you know, I think I've learned that our team is really, really dedicated to doing the work. I can tell you that when things first started to shut down in Philadelphia, we were all afraid a little bit. Um, But that didn't deter anybody from saying, okay, what needs to be done? What has to go out on social? What do we have to update on the website? Um, Which I found really um, touching in a lot of ways because people were just so focused on our students. Um, The other thing I'd say that we've implemented in response to this is um, more online project management. So we're moving our whole division into Basecamp is what we're going to be using. Mm. And seeing that daily communication there has been a really positive change. And I think it's a, it's a thing that we'll be keeping no matter where we're working from in the future. Yeah, that sounds great. And I really appreciate what you said about the town halls as well, Shannon, because we did something similar at at my institution. And what impressed me was the the numbers that we got in attendance at those town halls was higher than we would get at, you know, your normal like kickoff uh, attendance, uh, you know, your, your kick off the semester all campus meeting or whatever, or, or it would be close to, to you know, close if, if not higher than, than that attendance. But then it, it maintained that number of attendance over those months. And then we were also able to break the information that we were trying to share with people into much more manageable chunks. And so we could take these town halls and zero in on something very specific. And sure, you might address other topics, but then you were able to to dole out that information in a different way than all in this hour and a half, uh, uh, you know, information dump one time at the beginning of the semester. So um, I, I think that's a that that's been a good innovation for us as well. And I, I would, I would stay on, on innovations and, in, in sort of um, pivot to, to you, Lisa and say, you know, what innovations will you keep post pandemic that you've, that you've made um, to your, to the work and, and the way that your team operates. Right. And you, you hit on one of them right away that we, we called ours all college meetings, but they were, you know, one hour events that attracted, and you were still doing them, that that attracted bigger audiences than when we did them in person. And, you mm-hmm. know, one nice thing about that, too, that we kept the chat feature open. Yes. There yeah. Where you do, yeah. And people were able to connect that way and, um, you know, really warm feelings from that. So we don't see those going away, actually. Even when we come right. back in person, we really see those continuing. But we're a lot, we're uh, one moment of, of uh, I think, absolute genius from one of our recruiters and at uh, Pima, the recruiting team is part of marketing. And um, so they had the idea to do Instagram live events uh, because you know, we couldn't actually get into the high school. So we were trying to figure yeah. out how do we meet students where they are. And so they, the first one paired a couple of the recruiters having a conversation. And then we began pairing up 
then a recruiter and financial aid, and then the library services and student services. And um, we initially, these were attracting as many as 600 views, uh, some live and then some after. And that continued for quite a while. So we know we really hit on something and departments loved it. We're continuing to use it and we really don't see those going away. We think, you know, we, we do them in the evenings when people are available and uh, mm-hmm. we really see that this is something that'll continue even after we come back to life. And then one other quick one, Tucson has a big event called the Tucson Festival of Books and they bring in, it's the University of Arizona and they bring in authors and it's, it's, you know, booze everywhere. And we always participated in that. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's virtual. Yeah. And so it's a showcase of talent. So we put out a call for people to participate. And what we realized is that a lot of our faculty members, there's one who's going to be doing a drawing demonstration that would never work at our 10 by 10 booth in the middle right. of the university. Right? right. So now we think that we have the, we're going to look at doing a showcase of our faculty and staff talent in the future in a similar oh, yeah. format. So it's been great. It, Good opportunities. That sounds great. Greg, how about for you, silver linings or innovations that you're going to keep post-pandemic? Well, you know, I, I agree that there'll be a lot more video conferencing as a, a routine part of our, our operations. We've got um, pretty disparate, you know, locations. We've got four campuses and a dozen centers around the Portland area. And, and the norm had been scheduling a meeting, fighting your way through traffic, finding the room, sitting down around a table and talking. I think we've all really embraced Zoom and, and Google Meet and other technologies that will really um, reduce that sort of investment in, in, in time, travel, and, and, and headaches in order to meet with colleagues. It's mm-hmm. also just much easier to schedule, too. So that's a, that's a real positive. Um, you know, I think we're really, I, all of us, I think, are, are really – concerned about the disproportionate impacts on uh, people of color that have, have just you know become so obvious during all of this. Right. But I think a renewed and, 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 and invigorated commitment to equity and inclusion is going to be something that sticks with us. It was already strong here, but it's, it's almost like we're on fire for that now. So Absolutely. Look much more in that area. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that. I think that's a that is a real opportunity for for higher ed to to continue to to strengthen the re, the the focus on DEI and the resources that that we put towards it. Um, I, I want to thank you all for 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 reflecting. These are not easy times, and 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 this is I'm sure not been easy easy for your team. So I, I appreciate your candor and your willingness to share. I, I, I do want to close out with with one last question. And you've talked about the innovations, but I'm curious, what do you think the future holds for higher education, in particular, you know, community college marketing and communications? The, the term the new normal is 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 thrown out quite a bit. So, what do you think that will be like? And I'll I'll start with with you, Shannon. Oh, lucky me. Yeah, lucky um, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think, and this really ties back to what Greg was saying, um, what we have found, you know, the work that the college has really focused on in the last year is around building and nurturing our own community. And that means mm-hmm. our students, our staff, and our faculty. Um, and doing that, especially in Philadelphia at this time, has really required us to declare quite publicly our commitment to causes like Black Lives Matter. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think in terms of, you know, when I think about what our college brand looks like, we are 
are more and more comfortable stepping into our real authentic identity of as being a place where we're the convener of these social justice conversations as it should be in the city of Philadelphia. Um, so when I think about the new normal, what I hope most about, um, not just our institution, uh, but all the institutions in our city and all of our community colleges really is that we have really been asked to care for our students, our staff, our faculty in a different right. kind of way. And even when we go into this new future where we may be partially at home, partially at work, flex time, all of these options, um, I hope that that sense of community where we're really all working hard at maintaining some kind of ties to each other, even when we can't, where it doesn't feel natural. Right. Um, I think that will persist. And I think that the work is going to be better for it. And I think ultimately the student experience will be better for it as well. Absolutely. Greg, be the prognosticator. What does the future hold? Well, you know, it's hard to be sunny and optimistic in, in, in terribly tragic and difficult times like these. But as I think about your, your question, I do see opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. I, I see the role of community colleges, um, what we will play in, in, in how we respond to the pandemic, what our students are doing, what our graduates are doing, our role in rebuilding the economy um, for everyone, a more equitable um, economic opportunity. And if we and we will succeed in doing that because that's what we do. And if we tell that story well, um, as, as we live it and create it, I think the reputation of community colleges will, will only grow because of how we responded mm. to this crisis. Excellent. Lisa, how about you? What does the future hold? I think, you know, I agree that uh, community colleges are going to be absolutely integral to helping bring our economy back. Um, but I think that, you know, we talked about this a lot. A lot of the innovations that we had been looking toward really got escalated during right. this time. And I, you know, we just can't let our foot off the gas. And I think that um, we talk about being nimble and innovative. We can't just talk about it. We have to live it. And if we do that, we're going to be wildly successful. And, you know, I think you're know, walking down this path of um, micro credentials and micro pathways and all those ways that we can really shorten the timeline, especially for our adult students to mm-hmm. get them back into the workforce. I just think things like that are going to be absolutely critical. And the colleges that succeed at providing that are really going to thrive. And I hope Pima is one of them. We're working hard at it. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Well, again, thank you all so much. Just appreciate your insight and, and just such a Really, really great conversation. So thank you so much for taking the time today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thanks so much. Pure and Simple is presented by the National Council for Marketing and Public Relations, an organization for marketing and PR professionals at the nation's two-year community colleges. For membership information, visit ncmpr.org. 